Choice E, all of the above. Welcome. Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, that what? was beautiful. Just so you know, you're beautiful. Thanks. And I love you. Oh, I love you too. Friendship. I'm going to cry. You might. You For cry. the second time today. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Why cry? Why you cry? Why you sad? <laughs> why why sad? Uh, no, not sad. Happy cry. Happy cry. Happy cry. I got invited to be a bridesmaid in my friend's wedding. And I'm very, 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 very excited. Ah! They are dear, dear friends to my heart. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited yeah. for you. I am in a proud mom moment. <gasps> Proud mom moment. Share. Yes. I'm in a proud mom moment because I'm super ecstatic and happy and joyful and blissful over th- and proud over the fact that four of my friends plus the people who are going with them are on their way to Africa right now yes. for a mission trip. And I am so proud of them. But at the same time. <laughs> but listen. But guys. I am so sad, too, because I miss them already so much. <laughs> Especially my ultimate three friends besides you. But you are with me right now, and you yeah. are the only ground I have that is giving me, so like, a solid base. <gasps> you are my ground. Yes, and I got to meet Sarah's friend, uh, friends the other day. Yeah. It was really cool. They were really cool. They are my friends now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm also having a proud mom-ish moment. Tell me. We, my family decided to foster a dog today. And he is a pit mix that we are calling Gunner. And he is the most adorable thing. Yes. He's so, we haven't heard him bark once at all. Which is funny because his name is Gunner. Yeah. He does, he has not barked. And we have three dogs at home. I have one. Like one of the three is mine. And they are best friends. My dog and Gunner are best friends. And I'm going to be sad when I have to find him a new home. But happy because he's such a good dog. Exactly. Happy, proud mom moments. My dog is my son. My friends are my family. My babies. (laughs) My babies. (laughs) Well, awesome. Do you have any stories about trees? About trees? Um... Because we had nothing about Delaware. Yeah, because, oh, my sister has informed me that she has been to Delaware. It's and not real. I know. She's a government pawn. I told her she's a liar. And a scoundrel? She agreed. But. Yes. Anyways, um, trees? Not many. Uh, the one thing, I guess, that stands. Oh, okay. So, I've always loved climbing trees when I was a kid. And I would yeah. always, like, we would play hide and seek in the dark at my grandma's property. And I would always be in a tree and, uh-huh. like, no one ever found me. So I was super proud of myself. 
but then I would always have to fall out of the trees because oh, no. I'm not skilled to get to climb down. You got mad skills, bro. I could get up in that tree really high, yeah. but it was coming down that was really fast and hard. <laughs> so the only other thing is that I had, growing up, I had friends that had a like a homemade tree fort that they had made with like, plywood and um particle board as the like yeah the the deck and we used to it was not a safe like tree house be safe around trees it was not safe and they made a zip line using a rope and we used a another rope that you would hold on to so you would loop a smaller rope over the zipline rope. Oh, no. And we just had, like, electrical wires on the end, so you could kind of get a grip on the rope. Yeah. But from doing that multiple times, our rope wore down till one day one of the kids was going down the zipline and it snapped in <laughs> No! How far off the ground were they? It was not that, okay. like, bad. I think at its tallest, it was maybe, like, 20 feet. But that's they still weren't, 20 feet. But they weren't at the top, mm-hmm. like, when they when it snapped. But it was also funny because they had it tied from the treehouse to another tree. So, like, you had to jump or else you ran into the tree. <laughs> and there were times kids who had never done it before would come over and just go straight into this little tree. And it was the best. That Memories. That is terrifying. What about you? Um, okay, so I can go off of that. I was similar in the sense of always being in a tree, grew up in a forest, but I have two short stories. One time I climbed in a very not safe space, Mm -hmm. okay? I could get down because my mom always taught me to hug the tree when you're going down. And I just jumped and hoped for the best. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm glad you're here with me today. (laughs) Um, But she would just be like, okay, Sarah... Hug the tree, no matter what, just don't let go. No. I mean, if I got a splinter, I would much rather dig a splinter out of my arm than mend a broken bone. True. But I've never broken a bone. Better knock on some wood, girl. That's not wood. There's wood. That's not wood. (laughs) I don't know. Right there. There you go. Okay. Um, Well, one time... I was super high up. Uh, It was right after I read The Hunger Games. So I was like... I am Katniss Everdeen. I am Katniss Everdeen. Where are the mocking jays? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and in the sense of me climbing trees, yeah, maybe, but in anything else, no, definitely not. Uh, if anyone, I was PETA. <laughs> but I decorated myself to blend in with my surroundings. Exactly, because I paint all the time. Yeah, that's true. I would do that. Uh, Very anyways. true. But the branch snapped. I was up high in the tree and I wasn't, I didn't know that this was going to happen. It wasn't me choosing to jump out. This wasn't part of the plan. And I fell and it was right next to a pine tree. So I landed on the pine needles. But there was a gigantic slab rock right next to my head. Oh my gosh. I could have (laughs) died. I'm glad you didn't. Needless to say, because I landed like in a, a comedy movie where you land face down. Like Matt, just yeah. belly flop the ground. I didn't break anything, but I couldn't breathe for a good solid minute. There. I get that. Like. The second one is short and sweet. Uh, in White Rock Park, mm-hmm. 
there is the rope swing, or mm-hmm. there was a rope swing, and I always wanted to swing on this rope swing, but I didn't have enough confidence in myself to be able to jump and grab it because I always knew that I was just going to land in the water. Yes, I think I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. You probably do. I think, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. And one day I just said, Sarah. You gonna do it. You, you gonna do it because the guy I liked was do like he did it beautifully and I was like ah yeah Yeah, I gotta show him up I gotta do this because that's how Sarah flirts apparently I'm gonna show you up aggressive (laughs) so I ran and I jumped and I grabbed it and it was like freedom I like (laughs) swam I swam I swang over the river looked down was like yeah I felt the wind in my hair I was swinging then I realized I had no idea how to get off. <laughs> so uh, instead of me being like, hey, how did you get off? I said, I cannot ask for help. <laughs> I will suffer through this. <laughs> so I leaped. I threw myself off the rope onto the steps mm-hmm. and did not stick the landing, needless to say. I landed halfway in the river and halfway <laughs> on the steps. <laughs> Then I had to go to band. You should have, like, pushed yourself up like Ariel and start singing and be like, I meant this. I meant this. <laughs> Kiss me. <laughs> no. Switchy, switchy. <laughs> no. I just looked at him and said, we should go. <laughs> we should probably go. Oof. This isn't going to work out. (laughs) Gosh, embarrassing stories about Sarah today. (laughs) Nah. It's fun stories. Congratulations, you know your days of the week. Congratulations, you know your days of the week. All right. Do you want to segue into our story? Quiz me. Quiz me like one of your college girls. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. That wasn't good. Regrets. 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 Okay. Rewind. Rewind. All right. So. Oh, I made paper noises. Lo siento. All right. Trivia number one. Bachelorette number one. Bachelorette number two. Pick number two. Pick number two. What percentage of fires are classified as arson, you're going into it hot and heavy. Answer choice A, 11%. Answer choice B, 21%. Answer choice C, 16%. Answer choice D, 27%. And answer choice E, 32%. What do you think? 21. 21. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> Aw, I don't want to be stupid. You're not stupid. I was quoting the same thing you were quoting. I know. I just didn't want people to think I think you're stupid. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> okay, what do you think? 27. You stupid. <laughs> it was 21. No! <laughs> That's why I said you're not stupid. Oh! <laughs> It was 21. Can I go with the 21 option? 
I'd like to do the redo button. <laughs> All right. Trivia number one. What percentage of fires are <laughs> I was kind of confused there for a second. I was like, what? You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait. No. Okay. You go. Oh, okay. Um, what age of history is Neolithic associated with? <laughs> A, the Bronze Age. B, the Chalcolithic? (laughs) The Chalcolithic, yeah, I think so. The Chocolate Age. (laughs) The Chalcolithic Age. I instantly thought of charcoal, so I... The Charcolithic. The Charcolithic, that is what I wanted to say. (laughs) The Catholic Chocolate Age. Um, The Iron Age, the Stone Age, or the Wheel Age. You know, a smart person <laughs> would be able to be like, Neolithic. Neo means this. Lithically. Yeah. I'm not this person. <laughs> like, I think Neo means, like, new. But I have no <laughs> well, idea. Well, they're all new at their own time and place. Um, Quit <laughs> dabbing. Stop that. No, okay. So the reason why I do it is because of that vine where they do the bottle flip and the other guy throws, like, a wine glass and it busts and he just kind of lazily dabs. <laughs> it's my favorite thing because of the apathy in that dab conveys such emotion. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I love the drama that comes with that one dab. That one dab is just, like, drama. Yes. Anyways, we talked about dabbing too much. Neo... Lithic. I'm gonna say the wheel age. Answer choice E. All of the above. No. Oh, frick. <laughs> the wheel age doesn't actually exist. Yes! <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I'm a college graduate. <laughs> um, it's actually answer choice D, the stone. That age. was my second choice. Same with but... my 27. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Live and let live. Okay. Thank you, wings. Uh, <laughs> next. <laughs> um. What? Okay. <coughs> I apologize for this. What unofficial holiday is on November 10th? So, all of these are real holiday, Like, real unofficial holidays. Right. But which one is November 10th? No idea. A. DNA Day. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, B is Squirrel Appreciation Day. Oh my gosh. Them little baby squirrels. See? Laugh and get rich day. I, I want really that day to be today. <laughs> I really thought that you were going to say laugh and giggle day. <laughs> <laughs> I do not giggle. Um, answer choice D is forget me not day. Oh no, not the flowers. And E, <laughs> my personal favorite, is pretend to be a time traveler day. I need that. It's a real day. I, I know. Because I have plans. <laughs> I know what I've I want to do. I've traveled from that time. I know what I want to do. Whenever. Okay, so I have this Tell. pen that I'm going to go into a store. Oh, you've told me this. And go up to the cashier and ask them, hey, what year is it? And then they tell me. I'm going to look them dead in the eyes and be either of what you suggested and be like, 
I went too far. I've gone too far. Or scream, it worked! <laughs> I think and run back out. I would be so scared if someone was like, I went too far. And then, like, slowly walked out. Like, <laughs> that would scare me. <laughs> yes. But I don't want to necessarily scare people. Oh, you just want to. I just want to confuse people. And if I scream... That'd get a lot of people's <laughs> attention. I'll give exactly. you that. Exactly. Okay. So what, what answer do you think it is? November 10th. Squirrel Appreciation Day. I wish... Rats. I wish no squirrels. That was a bad joke. I don't think you got it. <laughs> uh, it's Forget Me Not Day. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let me lighten the mood a bit and ask you, what was the career of a highwayman in 18th century England? I think I know this one, and it's because of something stupid. Okay. Well, either answer with me, guys out there, girls, also, everyone. Guys, gals, nine, bi- bi- what is it? Non-binary? Non-binary. Nine guys, binary. Nine. Guys, gals, non-binary pals. That's the Thomas oh, Sanders thing, right? I love that. Yes. Yeah. A, a road repairman. B, a messenger slash mailman. C, a robber. D, a navigator. Or E, a hippie in need of a ride. <laughs> so I know this one uh, because there's, I can't remember if I've made you watch it or not, but there's a show called Over the Glottal Rods. Over the Garden Over the Glottal Rods. <laughs> yeah. Over the Garden Wall. I can't talk. It's called Over the Garden Wall. And there's an episode where he goes into this town where everyone, like, has a role. Like, there's the tavern keeper, and there's the whatever, and there's a guy, and he's the highwayman, and every time someone else is talking, he comes up, and he's just like, I'm the highwayman, and he has a whole song about what he does. So that's the only reason why I know that it is Answer Choice C, a robber. Yeah. That's the only reason, because they draw him so weird, like, (laughs) the way he, like, they they animated it, it has Uh stuck in my head. That sounds scary. Me and my friends would quote it all the time. We'd be just like, I'm the highway man. I'll show it to you after this. Okay. I'm ready. Well, yes, you are correct. Yay! I'm the highway man. Yeah. (laughs) If you could have any job in the 18th century, then what would it be? What? (laughs) Give me a list of jobs. None of, I don't. You watched over the garden wall. You should know. (laughs) If I picked a job based on, like, over the garden wall, it (laughs) It would be be much weirder. (laughs) I'm the tavern keeper. (laughs) No, I don't. What would you? I don't know. I was hoping that you would just answer me. (laughs) Just, like, have an answer? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry that I gave you too much credit. (laughs) You always do this. I'm sorry. It's all good. I'd be the highway man. <laughs> I think that's just a cop out, but okay. Okay. Fine then. Ugh, just tell me your story. Rude. Fine, I will tell you my story and you will try to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. I'll do my best, utmost. Alrighty. So I. 
you remember we're all ta- we're talking about trees. I drew true crime. Okay. This is real. <laughs> <laughs> this is real and true. Um and kind of hard to research. Right. Uh this was a tough case to research and to talk about, so I tried to take out a lot of the really disturbing details and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you later on, like, if you want those details where you can find it. I got most of this uh, information from a website called Murderpedia. Great. Yes. Nice. Which was really cool because it was a website that had, like, a bunch of different articles, like, all compiled together. Mm-hmm. So I could get it all in one spot, which was really nice. But today, I will be talking about a man named Matthew Hoffman. Okay. Have you ever heard of him? It sounds familiar, but I could just be making that up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I had never heard of this dude. Right. Uh, we, there's not really a lot about his childhood, because okay. I really tried to research all into him, but because of the things that he ended up doing, mm-hmm. there it kind of forced, like overshadowed everything else in his life, I guess, so nobody really talks about his childhood. But okay. Our story starts in August of 2000. So, we were three. (laughs) (laughs) And he was 20. Scary. Um, He set fire to a townhome in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Set fire to the rain. (laughs) To the Steamboat Spring. To the Steamboat. (laughs) Um. No one was killed, but the fire had spread to the, like, adjoining units, like, where Mm. the other places that were nearby. And it caused about $2 million in damages. I can't even think of a number that big. $2 million. There's one. That's a big number. It is. I know. I know. Uh, And he was found guilty of arson, and he was sentenced to an eight-year term starting in 2001. It was for arson, burglary, assault, and motor vehicle theft. Oh, that's cool. Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Um, we're just going to kind of go over that a little bit because we're that's not the main story. <laughs> this right. is the pre-story. So he was released from Colorado prison and paroled to Ohio in 2007. All right. So he's now 27 years old. Uh, there was a lot of interviews about, uh, as I'm saying, um, so many times today. There's a lot of interviews with people that knew him. And they say that he was very quiet and strange. Uh, And by strange, I mean that one of his bosses that was interviewed had noticed that he was a follower and did not have a strong personality. That's a quote from his boss. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said that for a 20-year-old, that's unusual, especially to an employer who hires a lot of kids. Right. When was the last, like, most guys that we know are not followers with out strong personalities. True. They're all kind of obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, neighbors said that he would just sit in, in a tree and listen to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he had a hammock and would just kind of chill just up chill? in a tree and, <sighs> like, listen to people. That's They say that he was just a very, very different kind of person. And he was known as a nature person who collected leaves. So that's a little background on him going up into the story that we're actually going to talk about today. November 10th, 
that that was the date from our trivia. 2010, so he was third. He was 30, and it was a Wednesday in Mount Vernon, Ohio. Okay, that's our setting. Matthew Hoffman picked a house to burglarize, and he <laughs> eeny, meeny, yeah, miny, that one, <laughs> and he waited just outside of. Oh yeah. So the lady that he ended up waiting outside her house, her name was Tina Herman. Okay. He waited outside her house, bundled up in a sleeping bag in the woods across the way and just kind of watched the house and slept through the night waiting. So he was just kind of like, this one seems okay. I'm going to take a nap. Then I'm going to go get their stuff. He woke up in the morning sometime in, from what they say, it was after 9 o'clock, but what he says is around 10.30. So that time-ish. And he sees Tina leaving her house, and he decides that he's going to go into the house now. Like, because she's gone, and she had left the garage door slightly opened. Oh. Right? So after all of this, when he's asked about it, Hoffman swears that he went inside only to steal things. Okay. That was the plan, was just to take things. That's not how this ended up. Uh, he says he got excitement just by being in someone else's home. So, like, he wasn't planning on anything except for stealing some stuff, hanging out in the house. But at the end of the day, he had killed Herman, her 11-year-old son, Cody Maynard, and Herman's best friend and neighbor, 41-year-old Stephanie Spring. Oh, no. Yeah. And when the police officers were investigating, there were footprints outside of the Herman house that led them to believe that someone, a woman or a girl with a size seven and a half shoe had left the house alive with the attacker. Oh, no. Yeah. He had kidnapped Herman's daughter, Sarah Maynard, who was 13. Uh. Yeah. So... The way that this all happened was Thursday morning, uh, Herman's boss, because I think she worked at a Dairy Queen or some sort of fast food, uh, realized she wasn't coming to work. So they went by our house and saw blood in the house. And that triggered a full-scale missing persons investigation. And the entire community was trying to help out, you know, trying mm -hmm. to figure out what was going on. The key event that helped investigators kind of grab this guy as the main suspect was kind of like a ch chance thing. What happened was Hoffman, the guy who committed the crime, he went to a bike trail near Kenyon College and that's where he had actually dumped the woman's pickup. And he, his plan was to take the truck back to the house and burn the house like, before anyone had seen it, you know? Yeah. That was his plan, was to try to get rid of all of the evidence. But the police were there at the truck. And they did not suspect him at all. Like, he, there was no ties to him to this case at this moment in time. And you know how police do. If someone's going to show up, they're going to talk to you about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> because it's pretty well known that not all, but a lot of killers do mostly serial killers do return to the scene of the crime yeah so um 
They were questioning him, and he told the deputy he was waiting for his girlfriend to get off of work at this inn that was nearby. And when they asked what his girlfriend's name was, he said Sarah. Which Uh, is the name of the girl he took. No. I know, I know. (laughs) I mean, okay, good that he, you know, good that he basically gave himself up. Yeah, but like gross that he would even think to say that. Yeah, it's almost like he wanted to be caught. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think he panicked for sure. For sure, because like honestly, why would you say the name of the missing girl, even if it is Sarah, or like and a common name? Like, everyone is has no somebody most likely. I would just come Sarah. up with the most <laughs> random name. Like I don't know, chartreuse. Her name is uh, uh, Peggy. <laughs> like, just, I, I don't know. Dolores. <gasps> Dolores. Debbie. Debbie. <laughs> um, so, after that all happened, the only reason why deputies, like, pegged him for this after that was they had found a Walmart bag with two tarps and a box of 55-gallon heavy-duty trash bags when they were going through uh, the Herman home where this crime had taken place. And so they went to the store where those items were purchased from, and so they watched the surveillance video, and they saw who bought all the stuff, and were like, oh my gosh, that's the dude that came to the truck. And they saw what he drove, and they were like, that's definitely him, right? Mm -hmm. Just by watching these surveillance videos. The day that it was, Wednesday was the day that the crime happened. And I think it was Sunday, Sunday, that they actually busted into his house, right? So four days. Mm -hmm. The first SWAT officer that bust through um, that... The first SWAT officer in line burst through the front door and the second one threw in a flash grenade to try to catch him off guard because um, he was asleep inside, like, in the living room on the couch, I believe. Um, the man who was, the fir- like, one of the first two in, his name was Craig Feeney. He was a detective. Um, so you'll hear me call him Feeney throughout mm-hmm. the rest of this. But... A quote from him is, we plowed our way through the smoke and saw something on the couch. We yanked him to the floor and said, and he said, what's going on? And I said, you tell me. But he was done talking. Like, he didn't talk after that. At all? Like, not really, no. So, the other thing that they noticed very quickly is that the floor of the room was covered in leaves. What on earth? And I'll show you pictures. Like, there's pictures. Okay. Like, here, let me see. Okay. So, like, he purposely covered his floor in leaves? Or was it that he just forgot to sweep? Purposefully. That's a lot of leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? It's so many leaves, right? That's strange. So, yes. He had a thing with leaves. Covered. He wants to be like that tree and just leave. You. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, the detective 
imagine this. At this time, the detectives don't know that anyone's dead. They haven't found any bodies. In the room? In at all. Room. At, at all. all. At all. Like, Not they, even... no. Okay. None of the bodies. They only just saw blood. They only saw blood. So they don't know, are they dead? Are they alive? What's going on? Right. So their first thought when they see this floor covered in leaves is, are there bodies under these? Like, Ooh. is this how he's hiding the bodies? Oh my so, gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they didn't know, whatever. So in the living room, there was a 14 by 14 tarp with leaves piled three feet high. Whoa. And that's not even all of it. The detectives found three floor-to-ceiling rows of bagged leaves hanging on the living room wall. <laughs> on the wall? They found a bathroom completely insulated with more than 110 bags of leaves attached to the walls. And here's a picture of that. Uh, uh, it's like he's trying to make a bunker. Or like, I don't know. Oh, oh wait, soundproofing. Maybe, maybe. Do you think that would work? I don't know. I really don't. Why would you just use like blankets? Rather than rotting leaves that well, smell. I can get more into the leaf thing later. I'm I really don't know for no, sure. No, I understand. But Sorry. no, you're good. I, this was me reading this going, ah, what is this? <laughs> yes. So the bags covered the mirrors and they surrounded the toilet. Um like I said there are pictures online and they're a lot. So you could like look up Matthew Talk Hoffman about House. High Strange Addiction. Leaves. Leaves edition. Uh. Anyways. So after they handcuffed Hoffman and took him out of the home, the investigators broke through a door that had been barricaded with a sewing cabinet and they found Sarah. And she was alive, mm. but she was bound on a bed made of leaves. It was a bed that was just a bunch of leaves and blankets in uh, the corner in the basement. Yee. I know, I know. And we mean no disrespect to anyone in this family. This no. dude is oh just... Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, just as he ha hadn't had anything really to say when they arrested him, his attitude didn't change whenever he was questioned. Um, there's videos of like, their marathon investigation session. I might be jumping the gun, but was mm -hmm. there any psychological diagnoses of him? Okay, I'm jumping the gun. A Just little kidding. bit. It's okay. We'll talk about that towards the end, actually. Okay. Um, so, yeah, when they were questioning him, he wasn't really saying anything. They, uh, he sat slumped over, just ignoring all the questions, and there was something I had read about how at one point he, like, took his fist and kind of, like, put it over his heart and, like, hit his hit chest it? a couple times. Not, okay. like, hard or anything, but, no, like, but like, to signify his heart. Yeah. And the detective was, like, your heart? Like, and he was thinking he was saying, like, broken heart. Like, I had a broken heart or something. And the doctor was, like, you had a broken heart? And he said, he shook his head no. And the doctor was like, does this break your heart? And then, like, he just didn't say anything. And they he didn't say a single word until the tape ran out on the interview four hours later. Like, he didn't say anything. That was the only instance of any sort of communication. And they don't even know what he meant. That, 
I know that in some cultures, Mm -hmm. I guess, like the crossing of the arm towards your heart, like your right arm over your body, tapping that Mm -hmm. sometimes mean like affirmative or like, it's almost like a salute. Yeah. I, I, that's, yeah. There wasn't really any explanation. Like the the cop was trying to be like broken heart. Like you did this because your heart was broken or you know what I mean? Yeah. And that just didn't get anything out of them. So in the following days, there was hundreds of searchers who were looking for the bodies because the three people hadn't been seen since the 10th and the guy wouldn't talk. So they were just doing their best trying to figure out what's going on on Tuesday, November 16th. So, Two days after he was taken from his house, I believe, he opened up to Special Agent Joe Dietz uh, of the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Identification and Investigation. It was off camera in a single-stall restroom, according to Case Files, and he asked Dietz if he was recording, and Dietz was like, no. Uh, Hoffman said that he had had a nightmare the night before, and... It was his second night in a jail cell where he was on suicide watch. And Hoffman dreamed that he was at a food processing plant. And he opened a trash bag filled with body parts. Oh. So he wanted to tell the detectives what had happened. is what he told this agent, right? But on his own terms. He said he would write down the location of the bodies and give it to his lawyer. But after he did that, Hoffman would attempt to escape like quotations and the special agent would shoot and kill him. Oh. And only then, like once he was dead, would the lawyer tell them where the bodies were. That was his plan. It was uh-huh. like, I'll tell you, but like, you got to kill me to get the answer sort of deal. That's a no. That's a no. Like, This guy. This guy. Anyways, so it changes very quickly. Okay. He finds the will to live. And because um, the prosecutor, John Thatcher, told him, hey, I won't give you the death penalty if you tell me where the bodies are. Like, you won't even be up for that. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like a plea deal. Uh. You have to tell us where the bodies are and you have to write a full confession. So he did that. Hmm. The full confession is online. But for those listening, I do warn against reading it if you have triggers. Yeah. Like, it's it's intense. Uh, especially concerning Sarah. Uh, it does have, you know, child abuse and sexual assault and yeah. stuff like that. So... I'm trying not to get into the details yeah, in this Yeah, because we try recording. and keep it without the nitty-gritty. I get triggers. I do. So I really yeah. don't want that. Uh, and that's why I'm not reading his confession on here. Um, so just know that that is something that happens in this case. Um, so on November 18th, which is four days after they found him and Sarah, um... He took the investigators to a 60-foot-tall hollow tree. Oh. Yes. And 
that's where they found the bodies of the three as well as the family dog. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. I know. I know. Yeah. So. Hoff, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He told the authorities that he used a rig and pulley system that he used to climb trees to get the bodies up in the hollow tree because he had dismembered them in their house to try to figure out how to dispose of the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he had the dream about opening the bag and seeing body parts. Because that's what he had done. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing that, the thing that really pisses me off about this guy, like he's a horrible person. Right. Like, because of the things he's done. But the thing that really stands out is he tells everyone that he talks to that he's a really nice guy. Ew. And he treated Sarah so well. I know. I am speechless. That is disgusting. He tells about how he let her play Wii video games. They watched the Iron Man movies, the first and the second. And he gave her a copy of the novel Treasure Island to pass the time. He said that he cooked hamburgers and slept with his arms around her. And that she liked the bed made of leaves. What is this creepy nightmare? I know, I know. He truly believes that he was compassionate towards this girl. She's 13. Sleeping on a bed of leaves with a creepy, gross man who killed her family. Yes. Let me get to that. Um, First, I do want to say that he promised her that she would be okay and that she'd be home playing with her family by Christmas. Oh my gosh. Stop. He lied to her? He showed her the definition of ransom in a dictionary and told her that he was negotiating with her family. She didn't know they were dead. Oh my gosh. He had obscured her vision whenever he took her out of the house so she did not know she thought it was only her so i feel like i'm gonna throw up i'm so sorry i am so I know. mad i know, oh my gosh. I know. so uh. he and this is okay trigger warning he insists that he was a great host to sarah but fails to mention the multiple times he sexually assaulted her he Stands by his story that he didn't mean anyone harm and he was only there to steal things, not to kill or kidnap anyone. But basically, just a short summary of what he said happened was he had gone into the house to steal things. And then the, um, I think it was the mom came back in about like an hour and had surprised him. And he was like, ah, and stabbed her. And he had a bully stick or a, a blackjack, which is like a, like a baton Mm -hmm. and he'd hit her with it and all this stuff. And as he was dealing with her, the neighbor came in. Okay. So he got her. Yeah. And as he was, um, the word he used is, uh, processing Mm. their bodies. The kids came home and he had stabbed the boy at like right inside the door. 
And when he went to go get the girl, he wanted to see if she was like calling for the police and she wasn't. And so he was like, I just couldn't hurt her. He's disgusting. I know. I know. I know. I have emotions about this person. Yeah. So the detectives don't believe this. They're like, you didn't just go into a house to steal stuff and freak out and kill all these people and kidnap one. Like, you don't do that. And he was just like, I was in a state of shock. I wandered around the house slowly coming to the realization of what I had done and how bad I did. Like, no. He took the time to... Yes. Take them apart. Yes. You can't just wander around and come to your realization of shock mm-hmm. after. Yeah. At one point he was like, I was trying to figure out what to do. Like I was going to put their bodies in the car and put it in the pond, I think. And like swim away from the car as it was sinking or whatever. And he was like, but I thought it's really cold. So I don't know if I would make it back up. Like this guy. Oh. I know. Oh. So. Because if it was most likely shock, he would have just left. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. So another reason why they're like this BS is because he um, bought a pair of these sure grip gloves, uh, which are probably the ones he left in the house uh, at a local Lowe's on November 4th. And remember, this happened November 10th. Yeah. Um, and he bought duct tape and another pair of gloves on the 8th, two days before this happened. He had ordered a knife, which the police says is a serrated jungle primitive knife bought online. Um, and took it to the house with him, even though he said he was just going to rob the place. Like, you don't just, you don't. Bring a knife to a robbery. robbery to a to burglary. <laughs> to bur- no. So the guy, the, the detective says that he probably, the, the, the guy that committed the crime, Hoffman, likely knew he couldn't stay in his home forever with what he'd done because he was already a convicted arsonist. And so maybe the leaves had a purpose. Records show that before the murders, Hoffman's life was a mess. He had no job, was collecting unemployment, his car was being repossessed, and his girlfriend that he had, like, was an ex at this point, told the police that he choked her on October 24th. And so she and her young son moved out. Like, they were living together, and she just left because of what happened. I know. So the detective is wondering, were the leaves an accelerant? Oh my gosh, I have chills. Yeah, so would he have burned down his own house and fled? That's what the detective's thinking. So, this is the one part of the confession that I will read. Um, I don't want to, like I said, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's one part. He said, I forgot how it started and it makes me very sad. He said, I killed the dog. Because it would not stop barking. After a while, I came to the conclusion that I was going to dispose the bodies and burn the house down. At first, I thought about loading the bodies into the vehicle, driving it into Foundation Park Pond. I would swim away as the vehicle sank. But I felt that it was too cold and I might not be able to make it out of the water. I decided to process the bodies and dispose of them inside a tree that I knew was hollow. That was a thought process, you know? That's not... 
a guy freaking out saying, what do I do? What do I do? His heart is hollow. (laughs) Yeah. So to, to what you were saying earlier, forensic psychologists have suggested the obsession with leaves and trees showed that Hoffman was quote, unhinged and mentally disturbed end quote. He was also classified as a sociopath and it was said that he suffered from delusions. Another odd thing that they saw was that, oh, this is totally random, but something that everything I looked at mentioned was that the only thing in his freezer was red popsicles and squirrels. Squirrels? Squirrels. 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 One of the things said that he didn't like to go shopping, so he lived off the land, and so all he ate was squirrels. But popsicles. But popsicles. Yes. <laughs> uh, so in the end, Matthew Hoffman was charged with 10 counts that included aggravated murder and rape and avoided the death penalty because he revealed where the bodies were. He may have dodged the death penalty, but he will never see the light of day again. And I think that's exactly how it should be. I agree. And that's the end of my very sad story. I I have to admit that I do not like it. I don't either, but but you did a very good job. Thank you. It was the it was a tree, <laughs> tree based. It was a tree. Okay, so I'm gonna make sure to try and read this really fast. Oh, you don't have to do that. So just bear with me. <laughs> so I'm covering two forests because I drew paranormal Ooh, exciting (laughs) oh i I might know one of them you go ahead i'm interested in these things okay well the first one i am covering is called daring woods in england never heard of that one otherwise known as the screaming wood lovely Pluckley Village, Kent, is ranked as the UK's most haunted village with a report of over 15 active spirits. Some say, however, that there may actually be up to 40 spirits, which I think is... That's a big number. That's a big range. Yeah, a big discrepancy. Um, one of these kids ain't like the other. Um, so there, mu- there might be 40 ghosts running around. It seems safe to assume that the forest right next door might also be severely haunted. Not only that, but this forest also seems to have a resident or several who enjoy practicing the hobby of screaming blood-curdling screams. Just for the thrill of it? I don't know. (laughs) I still haven't gotten the chance to ask them. (laughs) Wow. I need to. Yes. (laughs) I need to go, basically, is what I'm saying. We need to go. Let's go. Right now. Let's go. England? England. Let's, England? England. England. Right now. Now. Okay, bet. Let's go. I'm broke. Me. <laughs> so the screams seem to take place at any moment in the day or night. There is no real schedule. But if you think you hear a scream from the forest while visiting the village, it probably would not be the best place to put your big kid pants on and go scope out the forest area. Oh, I shouldn't? No. Uh, because there are also shadow people who will follow you and do who knows what while you're trying to play the hero. So, nobody has come to tell the tale. Okay. 
But apparently shadow people follow you if you decide to go walk through the forest, because walking through a big creepy forest is a great idea. Some suggestions say that the two more prevalent spirits, spirits? Spirits. spirits within the forest were victims of violent acts against them within the watchful presence of the trees themselves. The Aww. first spirit is thought to be an 18th century colonel who had killed himself in anguish and frustration for the loss of the American Revolution. Huh. However, by taking his own life within the mystical, daring woods, his spirit still seems to be trapped within the dark and cold shadows of the English trees, with his bright red coat still contrasting with the dark shadows being with being him. He is not hard to miss. Okay. Behind him. Hello. The dark shadows behind him. I cannot <laughs> read. It is totally okay. We're good. So the second ghost, I am going to give a warning because it does get a little dark. Okay. The second ghost that can be seen um, is thought to have been that of an 18th century highwayman who went by the name Robert Dubois. So understandably, the villagers became upset and wanted justice to be brought down on this jerk who has been robbing them. Right. So they did what any right-minded 18th century mob would do and captured this normal defenseless man who was a robber but nonetheless defenseless and nailed him to a tree, Oh! then cut off his head. Oh, oh my gosh. Any right-minded mob. Mod. Mod? Mob. mob. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um... Rather than doing the normal thing and putting him in the 18th century jail, which is not much better. <laughs> this corner of the forest is now called Fright Corner, which is located along the Smarden Bell Road. Stories say that his screams are now part of the symphony of screams, which might give this terrifying forest his, its nickname, the Screaming Forest. Yay. He also likes to be a jerk and jump out from behind trees and terrify the hikers passing by, Ooh. which is totally an original idea for jump scare. <laughs> totally. Wow. Totally original idea. <laughs> yes. Sarah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am a dry sense of humor. It hasn't changed. <laughs> uh, wow. You know the days of wow. the week. <laughs> so that's that. That's that forest. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> because I decided to be original and focus more on the Hoya Bakau forest in Romania. Oh, that's not the one I thought you would do. Awesome. I don't know this one. What was the other one that you thought I would do? I was thinking of the suicide forest in Japan. I tried to stay away from that one. I'm glad. <laughs> Because that one is kind of scary. And also, you And it's know, a big bunch of worms. Worms? Like, there's a lot of things that have happened with it recently. Oh, in the yeah. the past years. But. Yeah, yeah. Especially with media yeah. platforms. Yeah, But I have not, I don't know this one. I don't think. You might. I you might, might but I, I consciously don't. Okay. Me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, that's awesome. I get to learn new things. Please teach me. So, the Hoya Bakau uh, forest, or Bakau 
forest in Romania is otherwise known as the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania. <gasps> That's a thing? Apparently so. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so there are many different types of people who gather here on a daily, such as Satan worshippers, Wiccans, witches, and people with just morbid curiosities like you and me. Me. They're like, <laughs> yes. I don't know if I would ever be able to go to something like that, though, honestly. Like, on the real. I'm a, I I'm totally a scaredy would. Cat. I'm a scaredy cat. Really? I really am. Maybe I could convince you. Maybe one day. I think we should go. Right now. Right here, right, right now. now. Right now? Right now. Right now. We're going. <laughs> Pack your bags. Bye, They're Mom. Already, they, they've been packed. For a just-in-case trip. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me things. Uh, Okay, okay. Located in the same area as this forest, right next to Cluj-Nakopoca, was the oldest Neolithic, also known as Stone Age Settlement, in Romania, which is believed to have been established around 6500 BC. And this was the final stage of culture evolution in the Stone Age. So it's old. It's old. It's very old. And Cluj-Nakopoca is the city, uh, which is right next to the to the forest. Okay. Yes. Words are hard. With this, with this time span being so vast between the time period of 6500 BC and 2019 AD, it's mm-hmm. safe to assume that there are probably many stories and legends surrounding that of this fancy forest. Yes. Which I'm going to call the Bermuda Triangle. Because <laughs> saying that over and over. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of difficult. It's a tongue twister. One of these such legends follows out of a shepherd who was tending to his flock near the forest. And this was many, many, many years ago. It's right. one of their folk legends. It was probably a really hot day and the shepherd could probably see that his sheep were getting super toasty under all of that wool super toasty (laughs) i mean that's a lot of wool yes and not wanting to take the chance on all of his sheep getting a heat stroke the shepherd must have taken the chance of cooling off in the forbidden creepy cool though forest which ultimately was a bad idea considering that a deep and dark forest is a deep and dark forest and the shepherd had to take care of several mischievous sheep who probably took this opportunity to try and escape just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And this very not good decision would later put his family of sheep and the shepherd himself into legend because he never came back. Yay. All of his sheep disappeared and the shepherd was never to be seen again. Okay. <laughs> Poor shepherd. Right? And throughout the more recent years, it is said that there have probably been over 1,000 missing persons cases centering around this forest with no real trace of what happened to the people after they went missing. But it's the cases where the people do find their way back home that tend to leave the professionals lost for words. And one such case centers around a little five-year-old girl who got lost wandering in the forest Mm -hmm. alone. I don't like that. There were rescue groups called on the scene immediately, and they searched for her for years, trying to at least find a body to give to the family. However, five years later, the girl found her own way back out of the forest. But when the rescue teams found her, they were stunned. The girl was wearing the same clothes she was wearing the day she lost, 
but they were not torn or dirty like you think they would be. But instead, they were fresh and clean. The little girl also had not aged at all. She was still the same little five-year-old girl who had gotten lost in the forest all those years ago. I don't like that. However, she had no recollection of where she had been or what had been happening to her during the five years she was missing. Yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah. And there are several cases of people who get lost like that. Oh, my. But, they, like, come back like that, too? Yeah. Or they're found dead, but they have not aged. So it would have been years after they went missing, and they would be perfectly fresh. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And their clothes had not been, like, decomposed. At all. Like, they hadn't been aged. Yeah. I don't. Mm -mm. No. (laughs) That's a no. That's a no from me. Understandably so. Um, The people who interact with this forest are not the only oddities in relation to the forest itself, but the trees are also strained under this weird phenomenon. Okay. All throughout the forest, the trees are seeming to bow towards something unseen before they begin to grow upward like any other trees. Oh. Yeah. Let me see if I can find you. Like, you're saying, like, when they first start growing, they're, like, hunched over, mm-hmm. but then they grow up like a normal tree. Yeah. Like, there's an invisible weight on them or something. Yeah. Or, like, instead of growing towards the sun, they're growing towards some other entity. Yes. I don't like it. That's weird. Yeah. See? They're all curved. Mm. And there's not, like, an actual, like, normal explanation for it? No, I'll get there. But, like, they're bent. I don't like that. Yes. Um, this strange growth pattern is not only shared by one specific type of tree, but is shared by all types within this forest. Ooh. Other trees seem to grow sideways, like... The many trees of ba- leaning trees of Bacau. <laughs> there are also other bushels of trees, some up to seven or eight trees, all growing from one root system. Okay. So it isn't like a grove of trees where you see a whole bunch of trees all growing in one area. Uh-huh. There are They're seven, like- eight trunks from all one growing tree? up. From one root system, not even the same tree. I don't. It's like you planted one seed and, and all these they different had things. quadruplets of oh. different trees or like twins. That's something. Yes. Yeah. I can't. It's so cool. It is very, very intriguing. Very interesting. Yeah. Oof. Um, researchers on this phenomenon all agree that these strange deformities all took place suddenly in a small amount of time, but with no logical explanation as to why it happened. So something something made these trees do this because they're not continuing to grow like a worm. You know, they're not continuously growing like a zigzag. Yeah. There's only that one little bit. Yeah, because it's... 
it's basically like a tree ring, you know, but a yeah. physical deformity tree ring where you can see it uh. right away. It's almost like there was a immense amount of pressure over that one area. Like something right. was sitting on it when yeah. they started to grow. Yeah. And then the sitting thing, like it, it was alleviated, like whatever yeah, pressure it, that was. Yeah. I don't. It's so cool. It's cool, but it's creepy. Yeah. Like they really don't know why. I'd be a little worried. <laughs> so here in this forest is also the well-known round meadow, which is what it's called. And it's right here. This is the round meadow. See, I've seen like, I've seen a picture of like the leaning trees before, but I didn't know what, like I just saw a picture. I didn't know why yeah. they were. I've never seen that. Really? No. That's more. It, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, that's well-known, but not to me. <laughs> <laughs> you learning me a thing today. So I'm just going to say this, though. There is a Romanian name of this, and I'm not even going to try. But Okay, well, yes. I applaud you for the other names that you did attempt. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so this is Round Meadow. <laughs> this perfectly round meadow. Uh-huh. As is the name. Mm-hmm. Has hardly any vegetation growing in it. Okay. It's like forest grass like whenever you're walking through the it's forest just like patches yeah it's not a single layer of grass yeah it's not carpet grass it's just weird sporadic forest grass that hardly covers the ground yes and nobody knows why it's like that i have a question yes ma'am. and it might be you know going ahead of what well, you're going yeah yeah, yeah. Is, is there any like ufo we'll get there ah <laughs> <laughs> Because it's very circular, and so that yeah. makes my brain be like, it's an UFO, UFO landing. Like, Yes. Okay, please. Um, okay. So this clearing is believed to have been around for over 200 years. The soil has been taken and analyzed by scientists, but they came back with no real explanation as to why this was occurring within only this random spot within the forest. Right. Many people believe that these strange occurrences, disappearances, are all due to extraterrestrial activity. Other scientists believe that these occurrences are all due to strange light activity and other different type of magnetic phenomenons. Because here, it's very normal for compasses and other mm-hmm. magnetic electrical hardwire things just stop working, which is why they call it the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania. Sarah, I collect compasses. We could go. We could go. I have three in my car. Let's go. Right here. Let's drive Drive to Romania. (laughs) We can do it. I think so. We we have a spy car. (laughs) The Ace Yoda spy car. The Ace Yoda spy car. We are basically spy kids. Yes. Yeah. They believe that it could be light activity or other magnetic phenomenons that nobody really understands or extraterrestrial. But then many believe that these two theories are actually connected. Connected. On August 18th, 1968, a military technician, Emil Barnea, captured what looked like to be a silver disc hovering in the air above the meadow on a 
a Polaroid. Oh, Polaroid. She because got like a Polaroid picture. She, yeah. Uh, he, because he was out on a hike with one of his buds and his girlfriend. And they were camping out, not camping out, but just kind of chilling in the rounded meadow. As one does. As one does. Base camp. And uh, he looked, well, his friend was like, oh my gosh, Emil, look up. You gotta get out. You gotta get out of there. There's a UFO sort of thing. And he looked up and he goes, whoa, I got a camera. Let's take a picture of this. Duh. <laughs> and after being sent, so he captured this. He was like, oh, snap. He sent it into the government. And uh, after being researched by several different governments, like England, America, okay. Romania, all the all in between, they were deemed authentic and Ooh. were documented for further investigation. So, like, real... Like, real UFO stuff. But UFO. So, yeah, unidentified, unidentified flying object. object. Not extraterrestrial. Aliens. What's, the, what's the new... Aliens. The new I don't know. That's a good question. There's, there's a new thing that they use instead of UFO because everyone associates yeah, UFO with because aliens. Because it's so stigmatized now. Yeah, but it literally is just... Anything in the air that you don't know what it is. <laughs> a bird? Don't know, don't know what it is? Ufo. It's an UFO. 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 UFO the bird. <laughs> I want to get a bird and name it UFO. <laughs> uh, this is my bird, UFO. Mm, we don't what know does what it mean? Is. We don't know what he is. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. So people have witnessed different ruins people and have heard screams or giggles throughout the forest absolutely not. which will later disappear and never to be seen or heard again so you will be walking through the forest just casually cash and you'll look over to your left and you'll be like whoa that's my right <laughs> whoa away. that's a building i've never seen that building before walk a couple of steps be like hmm that's a strange building come back the next day and the it won't be there gone. anymore and That's you, crazy. And professional hikers who are trained for this. They, spot. like, know where they're at. They're yeah. not just going to a different spot. They're not you or me just walking through they're the They're actually <laughs> professionals. Yes, and they know what they're doing. And they'll go back to wherever they were, and it won't be there anymore. Um, because people have also mapped it. So they have mapped these buildings, and they have gone back, and those buildings are gone. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder if, like... You said they mapped the building, so, like, they, they went through it and, like, drew everything they oh, saw. no. Or, like, like where they found yeah. it? so okay. they they were mapping out where they were. The they were drawing out the maps. And then, um, so they would document it on their map. Gotcha. And then go back, because you have to make sure that you're doing everything right, because, you know. Accuracy. And they would go back, and it wouldn't be there anymore. That's ridiculous. So, you know, some people lose their keys. Other people lose Buildings. abandoned houses. <laughs> um, Me, I would. <laughs> same. Uh, also, Furley, 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 Shirley. Yep. Fully charged batteries and electronics are also known to run dead randomly when taken into the forest. Okay, that's cool. Basically allowing me to come to the conclusion that all of the trees in this forest are energy vampires, obviously. Obviously. So one day they just didn't have enough 
energy to feed off of. So then they started to wilt. And then they just take it from your phone. Technology came to be. And then they started to shoot for the sky again. <laughs> hmm. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, there are some parts of the forest thought to be portals to other worlds. Tourists who try and make their way into the forest share reports of strange scratches or burn marks that they swear they have no idea what happened to them, but they're there. Other reports strange feelings of anxiety, excessive thirst or hunger, and in the worst cases, blackouts. I would hate that. Yeah. Like, anxiety and stuff, like, yeah, but, like, having a blackout walking in this place, like... Yeah, like, they walk in, and then they walk out, and they have no idea what happened And there's a time there. change. Yeah, so basically, like, a demon was present. Or, like, some people equate that with UFOs where... Yeah. Like, well, not UFOs, with extraterrestrial where it's, like, there's interactions with them and then you, like, lose an hour. Yeah. Ugh. I... Mm-mm. Nope. No, sir. That's a no for me. That's a firm pass. So I have one more story because it it gets deep. Okay. Um... Not this story, but the entire forest, a lot happens there. A lot of people think that UFOs are really present or extraterrestrial events are really heavy there. Other people talk about different um, paranormal things like one ghost attacked a man while he was there and like pushed him to the ground and broke his camera. Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Or our buddy Dubois, who jumps out from behind trees to scare people. <laughs> Me as a ghost, not even joking. Gross. But there was a report concerning a group of young paranormal investigators who had traveled to the forest in order to experience the mysterious forest for themselves. While they were on their investigation, they took photos in the forest itself as well as photos with their members in the frame. Okay. Because got to do it for the grant. <laughs> Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> Anyways, after the photos were taken and processed, the investigators later noticed that their faces in the photos were progressively becoming more grotesque as they flipped through each photo. Oh, my heart stopped. <laughs> their faces were beginning to twist and morph into strange shapes. Then once they reached the last few photos, the morphing changed their faces to that of a monster, which had not just one head, but three sprouting okay. from their body. Okay. So they basically grew through three heads in these photos. Like the trees. Like the trees. My heart hurts. I'm sweating. <laughs> I can't handle this. Yeah. So basically, let's go. Okay, well, those of y'all out there, please don't send them to me if they're actually out there. Because I really find them, email us. Because send I them to Sarah because I'm a baby and I can't handle these things. You can't handle the truth. No, I cannot. I'm afraid. Fair. Wah. I'm a baby. Wah. Wah. Waluigi. Wah. <laughs> Wah. Wah. Well, anyways, yes, that's my trees. That's my trees. The end. <laughs> Those were some spooky trees. <laughs>
You trees, they scare me. Fear the trees. Fear the trees. We always forget how we end this. We don't. It just goes on forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> readjust. Oh, we have to figure out what our next topic will be. Oh, what state? Okay, mm-hmm. go to our generator. <laughs> Are you ready? Alabama. Wyoming. Other end of the alphabet. Wow. Well, next up, Wyoming. All right. Wyoming. Hey. Wyoming. Hey. I'm remembering. Let's rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. It's the north, I suppose. The north winds. The north winds. They come. That's not. That's not an option. That's not a drawing okay. sheet. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six, six, six. The devil's been back. Don't six, hit me in the six, face. Six, six. The base. The base. The base. The base. The bases. Based. All bassists are beasts. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do for Wyoming? Let's see. Is that one? Is it a good one? <laughs> yeah. I drew true crime again. <laughs> Just give me a second. Okay. I'm trying to fold it back up. Quit cheating. I'm not. Jessica. I'm not cheating. Oofa doofa. What? Did you draw? Yeah. Oh, I don't believe you. I, I drew true crime first, and then I drew another one, and I couldn't get it folded up. <laughs> okay. Well, we got our topics. We got our... Subject. So, yes. Next we will be doing Wyoming. Wyoming. It'll be exciting. Um, please send in stuff for our random topics, or we do want to have a listener episode where we can read, you know, your stories and have different things from y'all. Pretty much anything you can think of to send us, we'd be more than happy to have. Um, please. Please. Sarah, do you want to? Yes, please. Yes, please. Please. Please talk to us. We need friends. We're lonely. <laughs> uh, it's fine. So, yes, follow ACOTA on Twitter and Instagram at ACOTA. And please email us at ACOTAPodcast at gmail.com. That is A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com. All lowercase, all easy, all one word. We love you. All of the love goes to you, our listeners, because we wouldn't, well, we would still be here today, but we would be sad and lonely with no listeners. We would still be here, (laughs) definitely, but... Without you guys, it wouldn't be a thing. And we are so excited.
We've had over 100 listens to our episodes. And we're on six. It's great. You guys are the greatest. I just want to give all of you a hug. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. And until next time. Okay. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Hee hee. Sarah has a great sense of humor, and I found it out by reading a comic she wrote in middle school. (laughs) Done. No details. Comedy gold. (laughs) (laughs) Though, I don't know. They were also great, but the one that I was talking about earlier was uh, this person was freaking out because they were like, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? And the other character was like, I don't know. What day is it? (laughs) And they were like, it's Friday. It's Friday. Because Sarah was super excited. It was Friday. Yeah. And the character that was Sarah (laughs) was like, Wow, congratulations. You know what day of the week it is. <laughs> I love Spy Kids. <laughs> that was such a good movie. All three of All them. All of them. All of them. I just love the Steve Buscemi line that's like, you ever think God stays in heaven because he's afraid of, like, what is that line? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Do you think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created? That's a line from a Spy Kids movie by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I have a love for Steve Buscemi. That's good. He's a good guy. He was a volunteer firefighter who went back to work for 9-11. That's awesome. Because those were his peeps.